0: was it was my first gig in aotearoa so i established my career i'm giving the long version by the way it's a podcast after all um (laughs) i established my career in melbourne i lived there for 11 and a half years and it was my first gig in aotearoa post-covid I was MC at the Vegan Vibes Festival, which you came to, Ryan, we were still very new friends then. I was Definitely. very stoked that you came to support I remember my gig. That.
1: I was there for the vegan food. It just, you know, worked out that you were there as well. Oh yeah, totally, <laughs> totally.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I think it was very cool because I met you Definitely. and then I like wanted to see you again and then I heard that you were going to Vegan Vibes. I was like, choice, great. <laughs> um, so I have a joke that I do as Banana Jolie and it's, um, I talk about, so Banana Jolie, I'm pun queen, princess appeal. Singer, dancer, actor, yoga teacher, pyrotechnic designer, magician, and celebrity chef. That's like the thing that I (laughs) say. That's quite based on me and my life because I genuinely have all these different facets to me, and we'll probably get to that later. To the joke. So, in like, I I find ways of weaving like different nuggets of wisdom into the comedy, and then one thing I say is, I'm like, you can read about that in my book. Calming your tit. But leave the other tit, because that's the party tit. (laughs) (laughs) Or you can try listening to my podcast. Does it hurt when you do that? Don't do that. (laughs) And so I did that joke at Vegan Vibes, and then I had someone come up to me and was like, I went to look for your podcast, and I couldn't find it. And I was like, that's because it's not real. I don't have a
2: podcast. It was a joke. (laughs) It was a joke.
0: And she was like, you should totally have a podcast. I think that would be really interesting, and I would listen to it. And then I was driving from the Mount to Wellington. And along that whole drive, I just thought about the podcast and how it was gonna go. And then this is a way that, a formula that I kind of use to one, make decisions and two, to make my creative projects actually happen. Mm. Is I kind of just test it out. Like I'm, I said to people like, I won't make a podcast. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, yeah, cool, cool, cool. And then I'd be having, like, a really good conversation because I was studying psychology and philosophy and we'd get into all these buzzy conversations. And I'd be like, and this is why I'm making a podcast. And then I'd have people be like, oh, you're making a podcast. And I'm like, oh, yeah, gee, I better make that
3: podcast. <laughs>
0: Another reason why I realized that I wanted to make it was because I really like having a, a, an idea or a, a, thing, a, a thing that I can, like bring people in and find a way to lift them up and Mm. kind of carry them on. Um, In Melbourne, before the pandemic, I was with a company, like a real underground arts company called Ruckus, where we used to have these art parties and open mics and so basically I'd be out in the world and I would see someone doing their thing and I'd be like, do you want to come and put up your art installation at our art party or do you want to come and do your spoken word at our art party or whatever it was. Um, and so this was in 2020 when that wasn't happening, I was in Aotearoa, I didn't, hadn't moved here permanently though, and I was meeting some really cool people, and then I started the podcast, um, and initially, like, I think I put off starting maybe like three times because I'd start looking into it and then be completely bamboozled mm. by the tech, um, but then, like, I just started making it, and, um, yeah, I, I, have 13 episodes um out at the moment there's like maybe another four or five in the bank that are recorded but i haven't made one of does it hurt when you do that don't do that that's literally what the podcast is called by the way and so in the podcast i'm talking to people about the things that they do and don't do that hurt and
3: -hmm.
0: because i guess it's like that sense of sometimes our habits can be hard um and that's a version of pain but it's good for us Mm -hmm. um and sometimes things can be difficult Mm -hmm. uh and or or we don't do these things because they hurt us and we've learned to not do them
3: anymore Mm -hmm.
0: um and some of the 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 guests shared like it was like a physical pain like um my my friend george fowler who's um also known as hugo girl the drag king he -hmm. just had top surgery um and so was talking about the physical pain of having to exercise his muscles after Mm -hmm. having his chest uh, breast removed um yeah and uh then there were a couple of solo episodes i did um and then i just kind of figured out i probably will make some more because in the last four days, people have been talking to me about it.
2: That's right. Okay. <laughs> and here you are on a podcast. Here I am, on a podcast. The universe giving <laughs> you a good slap. I know, but I'm,
0: essentially I'm, I feel like I've got enough projects as it is. For sure, for um, sure. The other podcast that I made, I was uh, on a paid research position with my old university um, mm-hmm. in Melbourne. Um, they paid me like a lump sum to communicate these findings about autism to the autistic community. Mm. So I made a six... A six-episode miniseries called Am I Aspie or Autistic?
2: And oh, it's wow. The wow. Oh, yeah. We'll have all these in the show notes as well so people can follow them and come yeah. and listen yeah, to you.
3: definitely.
2: Get all the wisdom. For sure.
1: So in, the, in that podcast, this is the thought that dropped in when you're talking about um, that if it hurts, don't do that. How do you say it again?
0: Does it hurt when you do that?
1: Don't do don't that.
0: Don't do that. That's
1: the yeah. one. When you were doing the solo podcast, what were some of the things that, that you sort of spoke into? yourself
0: personally yeah thank you i was speaking about it was the things i was doing that week i remember there was one week in particular and this was a melbourne lockdown number six thousand.
3: um it was number six
0: um i was just being super hard on myself that week Mm. um or in general and um yeah so i was kind of speaking to that and it's interesting that was what are we, January, February, 2023, so that was, like, maybe a year and a half ago,
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, and I remember also part of the reason why I stopped was because I felt like I didn't have anything to say, yeah. mm. or I was worried that what I was, maybe I wasn't ready for that level of public vulnerability.
3: Yeah,
0: sure. Um, and now, like, I guess my outlet for that has been a lot more stand-up comedy. Mm. Um <clears throat> <clears throat> but also the reason why I like the podcast is because I was not there to be funny.
3: Yep. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, I, and, and, and some of the stuff does come out funny because life is funny. Definitely. And like, um, yeah, but.
2: It's a flow. It's a flow when you go into flow and flow. And what I've realized when you're going into these things, you're channeling and tapping into what's deeper within yourself at the same time. Mm. And so what you're actually conjuring up, as you say, like it's deep vulnerability because it's just mm. you and a microphone. It's, it's, it's like what you write in your journal, putting it out into words and having people listen to it. Mm. And if you're not ready for that, or if you don't feel like that, it's going to be confronting especially mm. in a lockdown state too, where you're by yourself, you're isolated, you're going through all the motions of what was happening in the world right then. Mm. You know, it's very brave to do what you did anyways. Mm. Yeah, sure. Oh, thanks guys. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Definitely. D- did you
1: find it quite therapeutic in the moment, like of giving yourself an opportunity to actually just sort of unpack what was going and or what was alive for you in the moment of real, real time?
0: Yes. I, yep. Yeah. I think so. I And that's something that I, I do. Like, I, I, I know that that is something that I need therapeutically
3: mm-hmm. to,
0: well, yeah, I I find, so sometimes I call it highway therapy. Mm. If I'm on, like, a long drive, I imagine it's even just me sitting in the opposite seat and just talk about whatever it is and putting it out loud. Wow. And that really helps me find some clarity. Amazing. Sometimes I just pace and talk as well. Like, I got off the phone um, the other day and... Yeah, I I was just, I was like, what do I want? And then I just kind of went, I want, and then blah, 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 I want.
3: Mm -hmm. And
0: just kind of like kept on coming to things, repeating that statement over and over and coming to things that I probably didn't think that I would have, I don't think I would have come to that had I not gone through that Mm -hmm. little task.
2: It's a a powerful tool, I do exactly the same. So like at night time, I go for a 45 minute walk and if you drove past me, you literally would see me with my hands flailing about I'm talking to myself while I'm working things out yeah. I'm working them through yeah I find it such a good way to just get out of your own way because our mind will always take us down the negative pathways of our biases and obviously the just the the, the constriction of the human state which will take you into negative to try and protect yourself and so I feel that when you're voicing your your thoughts and you're working things out, you're actually having the conversation with your subconscious in real time. Mm. And you actually can hear what you're saying and it won't be as bad or as magnitude of where you would if you stay in your mind. And that's like, we talk to our clients as well, like, if you're not journaling, journal, because just putting the words the catharsis and actually just writing it it takes the the depth out of the, the anxiety of what you predominantly maybe come to in something. Mm. And you can pull it back, and you can work it out in real time. Mm. It's a great, it's a great tool.
3: Mm.
2: Where did you uh, where did you
1: learn that tool? Was that something you've just like dropped into naturally? You found just works for you, or did you learn it when you were studying psychology or reading different books?
0: Um, that was something that probably just came for me. I I, I talked to myself like as a child.
1: Mm. Do people think you're a bit nuts?
0: Um. <laughs> Well, actually, so how's this for a little psych fact? Go on. Um, <laughs> children who talk, children who talk to themselves and have imaginary friends, mm. develop more emotionally mm. to like a uh, more maturely. And, if, and, and the words aren't coming out right here, but like. Children who have imaginary friends are found to have a higher emotional intelligence and also empathy because they have the ability to put themselves in the shoes of something else or Mm. someone else. It could be their teddy, it could be whatever. Um, And that has very pro-social benefits for our development.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's such an amazing thing because when you think about kids that have imaginary friends, it's like people are always so concerned and worried about yeah. them. Like I had an imaginary friend when I was younger and I can just remember that it was always really shunned. Yeah. Like it was always one of those things that I was told I shouldn't have. Mm. Or even at, at school, um, when I had a teacher aid for a little bit, it was like a conversation. I remember mm. the conversation it and I remember it being like a like a negative connotation
0: to it. Yeah. Yeah, in terms of, I, I agree with you, in terms of me talking to myself, I think, yeah, I think that, that that's just something which I've realised, I guess, as an adult, is something that serves me.
1: Did you have imaginary friends when you were a kid?
0: Um, I don't know if I had actually actual imaginary friends. I think I really
3: wanted an imaginary <laughs> friend. I was like...
0: And then I'd always forget what their names were because they. I would, like, say one in the moment and then they weren't, like, a genuine being in my mind. Would so, you? yeah. But I did, like, my imagination as a child. Um, like, I was always dancing, always creating things, always performing, and, uh, like... Yeah, that that sense of, I guess, wanting to entertain that's like been in me basically since I can remember. I can never remember a moment I hadn't. And it was actually quite interesting because, like, I guess with my career as a performing artist and with the art scene that was completely given a massive upheaval, and then also with me completing a psychology degree and a philosophy degree. And potentially gonna do a masters last year mm. I started questioning whether I am gonna continue in the arts mm. and um, what's been really cool for me about coming back to Aotearoa is there's been places that I've gone to and I've just looked around and be like oh my god like I remember being here when I was like seven mm. and thinking that this was a stage
3: mm. like
0: it would just be like a little Little concrete pad in a park, basically, <laughs> and being like, This is my
3: amphitheater. Like, <laughs> a little Pergola.
0: Yeah, basically. And yeah, I was talking to someone yesterday and they asked me, like, if this is my job. And I kind of recounted, like, I started getting work in 2011.
3: Mm.
0: And there hasn't, apart from that pandemic, there hasn't been more than like a four or four to six month period that I haven't worked as an artist mm. like and then re- realizing that and being like oh okay it is okay that this is what I'm doing
2: yeah sure
3: yeah For sure what do you,
2: um, you go. um I was just gonna say that spark that you have that you've always known that's in you there where do you think that got developed where do you think that came from where do you think that i mean it obviously got nurtured as well you know you obviously had some parents and people around you that nurtured that Mm. didn't try and minimize you didn't try and make you feel smaller because Mm. you wanted to be more out there Mm. so take us down that journey of you know it's obviously in you you go back to these little places where it just Mm. conjures your spark up again of like oh this is actually what i'm doing and when someone says is it a job it's well it's not a fucking job this is, this is my life, this is my spark, mm. this is my essence, this is mm. my passion. So take us on that journey through, you know, when you started entertaining as a kid, getting it nurtured, and then obviously here as, a, as an amazing woman, a, absolutely in her power, and just bringing light to wherever she goes.
0: It's interesting that you said about that there, there have been times within that journey that it has been mm. squashed. Um, so I will go through all of that. There, Please, yeah. Please. Um, like, I don't remember this, but my family, when we were at church when I was little, before I was still in, I was still in nappies, I would like break free from where we were sitting and like get up on the altar and dance for people.
2: <laughs> Dancing for Jesus, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I mean. the Holy Spirit, I mean, so
0: cool. what it's all about. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's the way we do it. Um, and then, like, my sister went to, I'm the youngest of four, um, my parents love singing and, um, were really good story, both really good storytellers. Mm. Um, and my sister did dancing and gymnastics and I was younger than her and I used to go to her dance classes and, like, hang at the back and basically do the, do the class. And then the teacher was like, you need to put her in her own classes and um my mum did say that at a very young age my dance teacher just said like yeah your your daughter's born to be she's made to be on stage
3: like beautiful yeah
0: yeah um and so then fortunately like my my parents um, were both teachers and were able to afford me to go to dance classes and gymnastics and I went to really um good schools that had drama at them and um we would do school plays and I would write things and that would go in the plays or I would always like yeah there's like little funny story moments of it would be a play and I'm like kind of like pushing a kid like into the line and saying their (laughs) lines
3: for them like all
0: that sort of thing um in secondary school, like, I, I worked really hard, I think that was probably when the the, the, the spark got pretty squashed, mm. um, quite squashed, um, with, like, I had an eating disorder and uh, exercise addiction, yep. mm. and so both physically, like, I was never, like, people would wouldn't look at photos and people weren't like staring and things like that but it did take that spark mm. and it did take a lot of my life mm. essence was
2: that was that in part to having to feel like you had to look like a certain way to be on stage you know mimicking obviously magazines back then mm. different things was it was it in part to do with that?
0: it was a bit of that it was a bit of um, something someone really close to me said yep. it was a bit of um, Like, I went to a school where there were probably about eight other girls in my year who were doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I'm in the right, like, I know statistically that, like, middle to upper class white teenage women are the most susceptible to this. That's definitely changed now. I know lots of people, trans and non-binary people, also experience disordered eating because that's one way to really control their body shape and that can be a giveaway of their um, of their sex. Um, and, yeah, I yeah, that was, it was definitely, um, it definitely took the spark. I mean, I was still doing all the things, but I just wasn't there because mm. my love for that was completely taken over by this force, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, my dance teacher didn't recognize that, she saw that that spark was taken away mm. and she, um, spoke to me about it, like, she called, I remember I came back from a run and my mum was like, we're going to Sharon's house and I was like, why? And we sat down and, and she told me, basically. Um, and I only actually thanked her for that, uh, like, three weeks ago. Wow. wow. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah.
2: Wow. Yeah. What a beautiful moment.
0: Yeah, it was really beautiful. Um But I
2: guess she her being in the dance industry would it's rife. Oh
3: yeah.
2: You know, she would have been yeah able to see that. Yeah. Able to help you, you know, like a real angel, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Like, look, I see this because this is literally the industry where this for happens. For sure, for sure. And I'm gonna give you some advice.
0: Yeah. It was really stink though that then when I went to train full time in Melbourne, um, So, okay, we'll go chronologically. So then when I was 17, I was in the Young New Zealand Shakespeare Company and working in England and I went to see shows on the West End and that was the moment that I was just like, I'm going to do this for my job. Mm. Like I was ducks in my high school. I I did really well academically. Everyone was asking me what university I was going to go to and I was just like, I'm I'm not going to go to this university. I'm going to look for what I can do. So I studied dance um, because I was wanting to do musicals. I studied dance full time in Melbourne and and that was probably another time I'd say that like the, the way that I am now was also kind of squashed because there we were being trained to kind of fit a particular mold. Mm. And like, I was told that I had an attitude problem because I was like very confident and knew what I want and Mm. quite creative. Um... I probably did, I was really intense I <laughs> had a major chip on my shoulder and I really did need to chill out mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, the way that that was gone about probably wasn't yeah. the most supportive at the time and all of the dis- disordered eating stuff was still very rife in there as well um, yeah and and then the nurturing I guess um, Miss Fribby uh, so I started working I was working as a commercial dancer and auditioning for musicals and I had a couple of like key mentors who really supported me, Um, so Miss Fribby's one of them, she named me Banana
3: Jolie. Oh really? Beautiful. And
0: she mentored me to make my first one-woman show and like really showed me a lot of the things I know Um, and we still have a really good working relationship um, across the Tasman. Yeah, and then th- there were just a few other moments, I guess, that then came from me. Mm. That I was watching someone else perform and just, like, so swept up by what they were doing that I was just like, I'm not going to do any less than that now. Mm. Like, this, this is the new There's vana. the standard. Okay. Yeah. Um... I made, a, I, I made a tangible goal in, in 2019, the end of 2018, that I was not going to be self-deprecating when I talked about my work.
3: Good. Mm. And
0: I would say that's one thing that like, has just completely served me.
2: Beautiful.
0: Um, so how did,
2: how did you speak about it in, in a self-deprecating way?
0: Yeah, so um, I'd kind of be like, oh, Yeah, you know, and because I was really insecure for a very long time about calling myself a dancer because I'd worry that people would look at me and be like, you don't look like a dancer. Mm -hmm. And then I was worried that I couldn't call myself a singer (coughs) because I had to have voice surgery and my voice does have a slightly husky quality, which some people like, but some people don't like. So I couldn't call myself a singer because I'd think, I, I thought that they would think, the story in Heart I My Head was that they would think you can't call yourself a singer. Mm. Then I was like, I, I didn't want to call myself a comedian because I don't do straight stand-up. And also, like, people might not think I'm sexy if I say... Like, all of this stuff, mm. right? That kind of was in the way. And also, the thing is, it's like, I am all of these things. Yeah. And, like, I was struggling to get an agent because they were like, we just don't know where to put you. Mm. Um, and... Yeah, then I was like, well, maybe I'm a master of none, blah, 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 blah. So before I made this decision, people would ask me what I did and I'd be like, oh, you know, like I um, like I perform and I, I kind of like make shows and yeah, I, I, I just like I do different like, events and a bit. stuff like that. I yeah, waffle yeah. and I was like, yeah. also like I'm studying psychology and like I teach yoga and work in mental health kind of a thing because I was doing all those things. I was really also embarrassed about the fact that
2: I was doing all those things mm. um, did you feel like you were too big for somebody that you were talking to
0: sometimes yeah, yeah 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 or just i didn't want to i haven't seen it in this way before but maybe it's like i didn't want to be fully seen for all those things in case they didn't like them all uh, right sure. stick your neck out you get your yeah, head cut
2: yeah up. yeah Good sense of rejection right
0: and then i was hanging out with these Americans and like they asked ask me what I did and I'd be like, mm, you know, performed and I'm like, what are you doing? They're like, you know, we're changing the world. <laughs> and they we're just like, me and these guys, we meet together and we've got this company and I was just like, Wow, like it sounds really cool. And then I just realized like I have such a great life and a yeah. really good job. Like I have I'm someone who genuinely like has followed their dream and is making it work. And like I love that. And why would I not share that passion when I tell people that? So then I just made the goal, I'm not gonna be self deprecating when I talk about my work. And so then I meet someone, they'll be like, What do you do? And i feel my body be like, You know, like, it's that thing where we want to navigate, like, how we want to respond. Do we want to respond in a new way? Do we want to respond with our old story? Mm. And so, and I'd kind of feel it was like testing it out. Like, oh, I'll just test out saying it this way. And everyone would be like, oh, cool. Like, where can I see you?
1: Yep, beautiful. And that's such, that's such beautiful permission, right? That's something I, me and Mike always talk we'll about. Like, always the talk passion about. that Americans have for anything and that they're doing and everything that yeah. you're doing is just yeah. awe-inspiring.
3: Yeah, for you know, sure.
1: They're, they're my, they're like, a lot of people don't like them because they're so overly confident yep. and, yeah. and, and because of that reason, right? Mm. But I just love it. Yeah. When you hear it, they could be doing the smallest thing and you would just hear the most passionate story about it Mm.
2: they would um, if they were cutting lawns they'll tell you they've got 10 lawns in a neighbourhood and they're going (laughs) for fucking 10 more I love it like we spoke about it a few podcasts back uh, just about the tall poppy syndrome here in New Zealand Australia has the same issue as well England as well it's all that kind of ancestral stuff coming through but you go to America you talk to Americans they just own it I
0: know Yeah, Europeans
2: same thing they'll just own what they're doing it's just be as big as you can and lift each other up
0: for sure And so the two ways that that served me is, one, I've got better because we believe the stories that we tell ourselves. I've been treating my work, my creativity with so much more reverence, reverence,
3: Mm. I guess,
0: and respect and phrasing it. Um, And then also it's made me less self-deprecating in all forms of my life. Beautiful. Which similarly reverence, respect, is for all that good stuff. Definitely. There's one other thing that I was going to say, but I can't remember what Oh, yeah. Okay, so have you. Ha- okay, so when someone asks you, Mike, what do you do? Like, so, man, what do you do? Yep. What, how do you respond?
2: I tell them I wear many hats. Nice. And I fucking love everything that I do, and I walk in such alignment, and, I, and I've got this company that I'm there to change the world with, and I'm trying to make it as big as I can. I've got these amazing tribe that I'm continually cultivating into my life to make it as big and as expensive as possible. I do auctions and I do this and I do that and it's just like, bang. Yeah. And then people are like, okay. That spiel,
0: did it take you a bit of time to think about how to, like, give that? Like, how did that kind of delivery kind of come to you?
2: It, It evolves over time. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. It, uh because we can get caught in the trap of going, I'm this, I'm that. It's like, no, it's something that I do. Mm -hmm. I don't attach an identification to the things I do because Mm -hmm. the hard work, and Ryan's the same, the hard work that we've done is to find passion, find purpose, Integrate it into life. Mm. It's not a work-life balance for because sure. now you're creating separation in what you do Yeah, mm. I love everything that I do and I'm learning different things that I do and if and if it stops being something that I love to do Well, then I'll just drop it and I'll yeah. go and do something else. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What about you Ryan? If someone asks you so man, what do you do?
2: So
1: I, I do try to step away from that idea of an I- identity yeah um, but for me Personally, there's still some self-deprecation because I don't I don't know fully who I am because I literally do so many different things, you know. I work as an engineer. I work as a naturopath. We're building a fucking amazing company. We're running podcasts. I used to spend a lot of time on social media and, like, promoting myself in that way, running my own coaching business. And it's like the... I guess those are the things that I do, but those aren't the things, although that's not who I am. Yeah. And so it's really interesting when you're meeting other people, because when you go into who you are and not what you do, they sort of like, they don't know what to do with it. Yeah. You know, because it's not that stock standard answer that they
2: get.
0: Can I share a a formula, I guess, or a a way to answer that question that can help
2: what you're experiencing? And it's definitely helped me.
3: and it might
0: help some of the people who are listening so that question what do you do uh, people often ask that one uh, as a way to have connection and two maybe it's so that they can assess you maybe your status maybe the things that you're interested in and so on.
1: They can sort of create a picture of who you are yeah. before they actually know who you are.
0: Yeah, and depending on the person who's asking the question, sometimes that connection can then die because they might feel like they don't know anything about that and so therefore they ask some question that they don't know about mm-hmm. or whatever. <clears throat> what I've learned is, and and also for you, someone who does do a lot of different things, it's like, well, what is my identity amongst all this, is to go with the values first Mm. and um then go to the way that those values are actioned in the world Mm. through what we do so and maybe these values will be achieved in a different way yeah for sure
1: and and, and that's i suppose the thing is with that you don't have to mold yourself to to maybe what you may what you think may make someone else feel comfortable so Mm. that it can create that identity you're actually just always knowing and understanding what your values are and then just letting those, or letting your what you do speak through
0: those values. That's right. And then knowing the values, like I, I wanna say it's the, the underpinner of acceptance and commitment therapy. It's it's like the values task is a key, um, it can be a cornerstone of modern psychology and mm. modern therapy. Essentially finding out what our core values are and finding out how we can show up with those values in our work, in our home life, in our health, in our relationship with ourselves. So that whatever the outside measures of success are,
3: mm-hmm.
0: as long as we're achieving those values, mm. that is what, what
1: we're really looking at. Yeah. Mm. And it sort of shows us where in life we were out of alignment as well. Yeah. You know, if that's something that I'd always work through with my clients. That was the first week we would always go through them understanding their values and mm. going through that process of actually identifying what their values are where in their life they're living in their values and where in their life or their relationship or in their work are they outside of their own values. And then they might find that this big disruption that's happening in their life, they're feeling resentment for their work or they're stressed, is simply because they're doing something that doesn't align with who they truly are. And then from there they can choose to carry on doing that or then just navigate out of that situation.
2: And I guess as well, if you've never been asked that question, Mm. you've never sat with what are your values. You've just kind of gone with the program that's been given to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So stop and think. What are my values? What actually is my essence? What is it yeah. that I core believe? Mm. And have a have a
1: ponder on it. Do you, Do you have a process that maybe people could use to identify their
3: values? Absolutely. Beautiful.
0: Um. Basically, I think you can kind of Google like values list essentially, um, at, or like core values list. Um, I believe it's accepted going give three, but don't mark me for it because, you know, I've been seven months out of school, so I can't say <laughs> Time
2: changing quickly. <laughs> um,
0: and essentially, the list can be printed out and can kind of scroll through. But the way that I found like was they were all little cards. And so I'd flick through and I'd say yes, this is important to me. No, it's not. Mm. And flick through the cards, shuffle through the cards. Then I'd get the yes pile and then I'd whittle that down again. Try and get it down to ten. Then try and get it down to four key values. Um, so yeah, there's there's abundance. There's an abundance of resources online if just kind of Google like values list yep. therapy. Yeah. That then it will probably come up. It'll say things like um, love. Uh, industry, connection, community, family,
1: community, Stuff like that. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah, that's that's a very similar process, not actually with the cards, but it's actually a really, really good idea for you to actually have them physically and tangibly mm. in your hand and giving you an opportunity to be like, Okay, what's actually important for me? Then you have to go through that process of whittling them down. Mm. And what you normally find is that even though you do have ten there'll be some that are represented by one sort of key totally. value that sort of encompasses two, yeah. three, four of them. Yep. Get down to your fuck yeses, your full fuck yeses. That's the
0: ones. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. it. Yeah. Good.
1: Beautiful. Right. So, what about um, what about your like ev- evolution as a performer now? So, be, I, I know you have a few different acts, and as you were talking about before, like your acts really do encompass the things and the challenges that you've been through your life. So, mm. do you want to talk a little bit about maybe banana yeah. Jolie Lee and, and and also um, Joy, my robotics
0: instructor, Joy. and then now doing stand up as me. Yeah. Totes? sure. Um, yeah, so I didn't think to, well, I was like 24 when I started making my own shows. Mm. So I kind of knew who I was, like I wrote a blog. And so this is also why it was like, why it was okay that I was making a podcast because I was like, I've always wanted, I guess, a, a, a space to share and to deep, to deeply think and to reflect. Yeah. Like, I remember as a teenager sitting with some of my maybe what my one best friend, like we were really close, until late at the night, just like talking and talking quite deeply about things. Um, yeah. So that first one woman show, I do remember thinking like I don't really know enough about life to kind of like have a message. And also I was like afraid of life of art that had a message at that point like i just wanted it to be like flashy (laughs) just entertaining entertaining yeah 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 yeah, yeah. (laughs) um and so that was just like a bunch of skits kind of a thing which was funny and it's quite interesting looking at what that show was like it was also like super busy and super full and way too many things happening at the same time and kind of all over the place but (laughs) Sounds like a little bit of a thread going on there, lots of energy. And then I was like, I'm ready to make a show, my next show, did a couple of seasons of that, I was like, I'm ready to make a show that kind of actually means something and it will probably be about my life. So I wrote a show called Confessions of an Aerobics Instructor,
3: Mm.
0: where I play an aerobics instructor who is my alter ego, Joy. I have been an aerobics instructor for a long period of my life and part of the reason I got into that was because I was like, "Oh, I've done aerobics a lot in my life. I need a job to support me while I'm at dance school. I love exercising. This could be a great way to control my body shape. Very much hooked on mm. toxic diet culture, mm. I become an aerobics instructor." Mm. And like yeah. So, in the show, there's several different confessions that Joy has, and then, like, the main confession is that she really hates herself. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And some of the research that I, because I researched a lot to make that show, and my friend Amy Cooper, for her sports psychology masters, interviewed female Les Mills and robots instructors about their relationship with their body image, mm-hmm. and I picked out bits from the transcripts. Yep um, which was all de-identified and everything like that, and put it within the show. And, like, some of the things were pretty harrowing.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, uh, yeah. Um, and that show I actually first presented in 2016, and then I did it last year, um, and I think that might be the last time, I'm not sure. Um, is
2: it the same show from 16? No. Okay.
0: So it's the same character, but the characters evolved. Okay. And content within the show has become, like, as I've become, bolder.
1: That mm, is a very bold show. I've been seeing seen that one, and it's, um, yeah, it leaves people speechless in, in moments, but laughing in others. It's mm. like there's a deep thread that stitches through it and that's beautiful because you had that ability to just be in play with Banana Jolie Mm. and then give yourself
2: permission to actually drop into something that does have a very deep message Mm. Mm. do you find that your art has evolved into having messages now in all your forms
0: I think so yeah yeah Yeah. and like that's that's because um definitely the studies have helped um because I feel like now I've got like a bit more like tangible evidence to back it up mm. but also like i've i've seen more things and realized like yeah it is the way to really reach people is to 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 reach our heart and our gut and And, and also like use use that platform i guess
2: yeah i don't like
0: saying that phrase too much but
2: but it's still it's still such a prevalent way for people to absorb something in an environment that they feel more relaxed in because they can have a laugh they are more they feel more safe they feel more relaxed is why comedy is always going to be pushing the edges of the PC norm society that's here, but it's actually that's what makes it funny because it is things that people, you know, it's we the truth, about, we, yeah, it's the truth, and it's taboo, right? Yeah. And it's all the things, and yeah. people will laugh, and, and that's why people will allow themselves to get offended as well. But if you're putting you know deep messages from a hey, all of your beautiful education and your experiences and just yourself, I mean, mm. I think that's that's absolutely what's needed because why wouldn't you want people to leave more enlightened when they came in?
3: Mm.
0: It's that thing for me as well as, like, because I I mentioned, like, there have been several moments where I've just, like, felt all all of these kind of pennies drop within myself from watching something. Mm. My hope, I make what I like. Mm. I make what feels real to me. The first couple of years, I was definitely trying to make what I thought other people would like, but that's really... I don't know what other people like. (laughs) We won't do that. Yeah. We would do that when we are younger. And so with stand-up, like, part of the reason why I moved into stand-up was because I was recognizing that I need to be doing less and having way less full stuff going on Mm. all the time. Second reason was because I feel like it is a lot more an authentic way to reach reach the people. Mm. Um, And then also the messages that I was wanting to share, suit stand up more and then also i haven't really seen that many women talking about the things in the way that i want to talk about get
2: it love it what does your writing process look like
0: um so i am always aware that inspiration is everywhere all the time um when i am setting out to make a a body of work specific around a thing i do a lot of research um when it is like writing bits of stand-up or bits of kind of say i'm emceeing something and i need like a bit around whatever that thing is then sometimes i just like think about it and it kind of comes straight away
3: Mm
0: -hmm. i also um but i recognize that like because i am that natural entertainer when i'm hanging out with people that's when a thing might come up and then i go away and write it down um also um It's like having a lot of space and stillness. And so I've been writing so much stand up in the bath.
3: Mm. (laughs) Like, (laughs) there's
0: like multiple voice memos on my phone and me being like, okay, so how about blah, blah, blah. And then you hear like a splash in the background
2: (laughs) or something like that. Maybe that could be a show is your actual stand up Mm -hmm. being. Read in the bath. Dude, I've already
0: <laughs> thought about that. I genuinely have started curating the that. playlist. Yeah. The idea, a whole show written whilst lying down, basically, yeah. like, just all I need to do is just lay down and look back and hope the ideas will come.
3: <laughs> yeah, but
0: also, like, just um, trusting that whatever is obvious to me is genius. But sometimes sometimes I've got to tangle it out. Yeah. Like, sometimes it's not funny straight away. The first time it comes out, re-look at it, um, re yeah and then sometimes i go up on stage and i'm like this is gonna work and it doesn't work yep. and then deal with that that's mm. probably the the new thing that i'm kind of
2: dealing with yeah yeah dealing with the the things that don't work yeah, yeah. The sen- is it is a deep rejection How, what's the feelings of when that goes on
0: well because this is it's still new me performing as myself not banana jolie yep. so um that that feeling, like, there was one specific feeling where it really felt like rejection.
3: Mm.
0: And then I was just like, and then I was like, okay, it's time to understand what other level of care is needed so that then, um, I'm not going to feel this every time this happens because this has to happen. Of course. So I set, um, non-external, I set internal intentions, um, and review that that's not based on
2: getting laughs. Mm. Yep. Yeah. And do you find that you, you I guess the best way to describe. It, do you grow a thicker skin each time it happens, or is it the process of you actually processing the feeling that becomes more minimal each time?
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know actually.
3: interesting. I definitely you?
0: have a pretty thick skin. You do, yeah. like I, I do well, I do, but also like off stage, I've been like really embracing my sensitivity a lot more. Nice. Mm. and so maybe that's something I haven't thought about that too much, but mm. The process definitely helps. Yeah. And celebrating as well. Celebrating. Celebrating doing the writing. Celebrating getting up there. Like, really connecting. I've, I've been noticing, uh, like, um, a couple of days ago, when after spending two days, like, emceeing and doing shows and an event really giving my energy to a whole lot of people. I've really been noticing, like, Okay, I need to make sure that I'm with a really trusted friend that I can just lie on or something Mm
2: -hmm.
0: to actually help me get something back.
2: Beautiful. Yeah. Coming up with those tools to help fill your cup again. Because you are giving it out. I do a lot of outward projection stuff in front of crowds and audiences, and and you do full days. And I'm very similar to you. I've got a big confidence, big energy, but it can be sapped. And once it's sapped, I'm just like, you know, Mm. and it's coming up with those abilities to go, how can I... Filmmaker, so I I regenerate alone. That's that's what I do. I'll go sh- shut away for a while mm. and regenerate and, yeah. and build up that way.
0: Yeah, me too. Um, it's a bit of both. I reckon yeah. differently alone. Like I, yeah. There's there's like a bunch of things now that I know as my go tos for that. Nice. Mm.
1: What was the process of you actually finding those things out?
3: Um.
0: I don't know actually like I do know that there were some that I thought all my things probably like getting really burnt out and then needing to find ways of getting really burnt out, having a heartbreak, I guess hitting the bottom, being in lockdown, like those were probably the ones so that I know that uh, yeah that and, and then, like, really, really changing my relationship and understanding of rest. Yeah, yeah,
2: 100%. Yeah.
0: And that is still evolving. And I read a sentence the other day um, written by Chris Chiers. Uh He's got this book out, which I gobbled up in within, like, two days. It's called The New Rulebook. Notes from a psychologist on how, to, basically, to live in a new world because... Our world is completely different now Um, and he was actually one of my psych lecturers. Um, He was one of the best I've had. I'll highly recommend this book. And just that thing, because for so long my relationship with my body was about control and change and only looking at it All of the energy that I was putting into thinking about my body and what I did with my body and how I feed my body was about making it look a certain way.
3: Mm.
0: And when I felt fully free of that, which, like, 2022 was the year that I felt the most consistently free of that, um, then it was like, whoa, there's like all these other ways to relate to my body, like resting it. <laughs> <And> like <laughs> Pleasure, I've known about pleasure before, but like different kinds of pleasure, and yeah, just kind of, like I was climbing a tree before this, when I mean, for that swim, and I was just like, it's play. like Yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I felt that before, whilst I was still having this probably not so positive relationship, but definitely rest.
3: Mm.
1: Yeah. Giving yourself that permission, right? Not realizing that, your value comes from doing, your value comes from performing, Mm. you know, and that probably learning to give yourself permission to rest means that you actually probably learn to show up more authentically when you're not having, well, when you are just around people, not just performing, right, you don't always have to be on, you don't always have to make things happen, you don't always have to make people laugh. you know, you're allowed to just relax and go slow and write poetry and comedy in the bathtub.
3: Yes. Just hang out in the van, pull up,
2: watch the sunrise, watch the sunset.
0: (laughs) So glad this is being recorded because I'm just going to listen to it as little reminders to myself every now and again. (laughs) That's right, the guys said that I could
2: do it, I can do it. (laughs) It's just as important.
0: Yeah, it totally
2: is. You just keep stripping the tread off the tire.
1: Yeah, I know. And it just leads to more burnout, right? Like that's, for me, a lot of my own processes and the things that I use and utilize now came from neglecting myself, mm. you know, came from pushing myself too hard, came from people-pleasing, you know, and so you, you hit rock bottom, you learn the tools to dig yourself out, and then to just maintain a positive
0: state of mind. Mm. Mm. When, when you said rock bottom, I also want to be like, it's rock, you know, it's, for me, it wasn't complete rock bottom, I still had a place to live. Yeah, for sure. Like, I still had my health, Yeah. like, relatively speaking, yeah, yeah. I didn't develop a disability, mm. like, yeah, I am quite aware
2: of the place of privilege that I'm speaking from with all this stuff. Sure. But yeah. It's also not minimizing where you're at. Totally. Because yeah. that's where you're at. Yeah. You know, the bottom can be the bottom until you reach another bottom potentially. You know, yeah, true. It's, it's, it's not comparing to a future bottom. It's just going, there I am at the this bottom. Isn't,
0: this isn't the trauma Olympics. <laughs> 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 not
2: at all. The trauma Olympics. I actually heard that that's the other day. Where did that? I hear that? I did hear that. That's twice I've heard it in a week now anyway but that was a, yeah great the trauma olympics exactly right because it, it can be quite simple and people do all the time oh wow well, we're not so bad we're not like so and so in this country and so it's it's, it's it's like it's everyone's having their own human invalidation. experience invalidation absolutely you're trying to minimize your mm. experience based off somebody else having a worse time it's like mm. your experience can be just as bad as theirs because of your own situation in your mm. life You know? yeah it's and like, I wouldn't
0: want to wish that stuff on anyone that I was mm, experiencing at those yeah. points
2: yeah. but how powerful for you to come through that and now it's coming out in your art, it's coming out in your being and your essence and people will learn from people will learn from this this podcast because of the experiences you've gone through. Mm. What, what 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 are some, some notions that particularly other young females could pick up from you from, from, from the journey of eating disorder and things like that? What what are some things that you possibly give them a sense of guiding to, to go, hey, here's something you could possibly look at it in this way? Or something that helped you. I think
0: there's there's a few different ones that come to mind. I think like I didn't. This didn't help me at the time. This is definitely my thirty two year old philosophy graduate, spiritualist, existentialist perspective. Perfect. Um, but really, looking at well. I remember I heard the fact that, like, the statistic is something like, in the West, the age at which a woman says she fully accepts her body is something like 72 years old. Wow, wow. (laughs) Like, and just that, like, I'm as young as I'll ever be now, and then... I was as young as I would ever be have been and I guess it's like thinking about like what is it when I die that when I'm about to die that's like I regret that a lot of women say Mm as I'm just I wish I didn't spend so long worrying about how I look Mm -hmm. because having that lens on myself like it, it, it ripped me off from so much of life. Mm. Um,
2: Especially for someone who had found their sparks so early on in life. Yeah. Not a lot of people actually have that. So
0: I was I was kind of balancing the two in some ways. And, yeah. and like I remember me, I remember the end of 2021, I just found out that I was getting the MIQ lottery and was moving here. And looking back, I think this was like a stress response. Um, I had this psychological vulnerability to coming into this place of like obsessing about my looks Mm. we all have different psychological
3: vulnerabilities
0: some of them are inherited some are not um so because i was experiencing the stress of i'm moving back to new zealand permanently in five days time like i call it the dwelling place like we sit i was sitting in the trusted dwelling place of control and at that time that was i can't control any of the stuff that's happening in my life right now or it kind of feels scary but i can control how shit i feel about my body mm. at the same time i was wearing a pink sparkly leotard and honing around a big public reserve interacting with people making them feel good but inside i was like yeah people were taking photos of me and i just didn't want to look at them and then i got some photos taken of me and i rocked up to my friend's house and still wearing the get up on my bike and I just started crying because I was so in this mode.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, This isn't answering the question of things to say to the young ones but I think that like it is quite yeah it is quite interesting that that was there Yeah. knowing that it was a rip off whilst also still kind of feeling like I could I was able to perform like yeah. a ton. Yeah. and like looking at that now I, I, I realise it is like a real strength that I was able to, to feel that way, but still
2: show up. You can see that in other performers and things like, famous like Robin Williams and things like that. For it's sure. that total outwardness of yeah. joy and happiness and, 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 and everything. Mm. But then the inside mm. is absolutely just being so guarded by that outward force. For sure. And totally holding inside the the the, death, the shame the guilt the mm-hmm. everything that's been locked away it's mm-hmm. almost like that performing becomes the, the mask and an outward point mm-hmm. and then that becomes a, a deeper identity so you can totally avoid anything that's going inside of the show self
0: yeah mm-hmm. yeah I'd like to think a little bit more about what I would say to young women um, cause like yeah, when people say to me, like, you're really bold, you're really this or that, like, I, it like, it doesn't surprise me anymore,
3: mm-hmm.
0: but when it was first starting to be said about me, I was just like, oh, really? Mm. Like, oh. So, yeah, I, 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 I feel like it's not necessarily about the what, but it's more about the why and the how. mm um, and like just wear a jacket when you're cold like you think you look cool wearing that like what's cool is having a good time because you can walk like
3: <laughs>
0: and, and just yeah really yeah It's, it's I don't know because I work with young people and stuff yeah, so sure.
1: yeah well there's so many there's so many so many pieces of advice that you could give them, right, but it's, it's, it can be challenging because you don't want to take away from someone else's experience Learning, as well. Learning, for sure, and, yeah. And, and that's probably the, the biggest piece of advice you actually are giving, you know, it, sometimes it can be challenging. Yeah. A- acknowledge and honor what you're actually going through, realizing that don't wait for the rest of your life mm. to love yourself, cultivate the tools to be able to do it now. Mm. And that sounds like the journey that you have been on, right? And I, and, and I see it through just knowing you for these last few years. And yeah, actually, there's a
0: big few years you've known me for. Yeah, for sure. Mm. And,
1: and watching your evolution from Banana Jolie to doing your own stand-up now, where, you, where you're actually no longer performing. You're giving yourself permission to actually show up on stage as you and just be really, really vulnerable and say what's actually meaningful to you, not what was meaningful to Banana Jolie. Mm. Pivotal step. Yeah. And Jolie is
3: still alive, though.
1: Oh,
0: she's still alive. Right? Oh, yeah.
1: she's not scared. Everyone loves my she, Jolie. She's well, she's <laughs>
0: she's
2: She'll forever be a big family, right? Totally. Hundred yeah. percent.
0: Yeah, for sure. Mm. Yeah, thank you. Yeah.
2: Well, that's why this podcast is called Journey, isn't it? Everyone's journey. And I think even just your rebuttal, uh, even just your answer in when I asked you what would you say to them, I think just hearing a story mm. is 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 more powerful and and, and can permeate more emotion because that's a connection to going, Oh, I don't feel alone because somebody else has gone through it. Somebody else who has gone through it and is so amazingly successful in life Mm. and, and, and how she is or how you are, uh, uh, just experiencing your own passion and, and, and your alignment and working through all of that, I think that can speak a lot more than going, hey, here's some advice oh, yeah. You. Yeah. for you. Oh yeah, Because sure. the story, and even you mentioned, you go, my parents are great storytellers. An amazing storyteller, can you can just grab the wisdom from mm. that story. Mm-hmm. And the story, the, the in-between the spaces in the story is where the lessons come from, mm-hmm. because that's how you're mapping your own perception of that story.
0: Yeah. Something that, um, to use your language, just dropped in. Um, <laughs> something that just dropped in was, um, I think, yeah, I, I, something that I seek to do um, when I am with young people. And it's something that my dad modelled. Um, he was a teacher his whole life and he passed um, just over a year ago. Uh yeah, just almost two years. Um, and the thing that people really said about him was he made you feel like you were the most important person in the room,
3: mm-hmm.
0: even when you were a 13-year-old student in his class or whatever, no matter who you were. And, like, um, he made up his own love language. <laughs> he said, like, we were talking about love languages, and he was like, uh, I don't I do I mean, yeah, I like all that stuff, but he, he said his love language was a desire to understand. Mm. And what I really seek to do now when I am with young people, especially with young women, is really be interested in them mm. and really see, really try and see them and and see, see them for the ones who are in the corner like feeling like they can't come to the front
3: Mm.
0: or when I ask them a question and one person knows the answer and then I like really try and lift them up and hype them up about that and and we do a check-in now when I've started doing check-ins now whenever I'm working with young people um, asking them what the best thing about their day is what the worst thing about their day and like allowing each one time to share and really letting them bring all of that themselves forward mm, to that. Beautiful. Yeah. I think that, that that's what I'm more focused on than like giving advice. It's more about asking questions and then mm,
2: yeah. come up. There's a great quote by the late, great Stephen Covey that comes to mind. It says, first seek to understand, then to be understood. Mm. I think mm. it's such a, 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 a very powerful sentence that even especially with young people but even just learning to conversate and listening it's seek first to understand and then there's empathy that grows from that and you're trying to understand that person and whilst you're doing that you are connecting with them on on deeper energetic levels because you're curious you're curious you're asking questions about them you're seeking to understand where they are at for sure i mean because
1: out of all the work that i've seen you do for me that's (laughs) it's it's bloody good Thanks, mate. It's it's funny, it's captivating, it it still adds in those aspects that you've had in other shows with the movement and dance and and things like that, but then there is those deep messages that come through and just the layout is just perfect. I love it.
0: It's so interesting that you say that because it was such a creative, magical accident, the way that that show really got compiled together. Um, I didn't set out, I didn't, like unlike any other show, like, full-scale show that I've made, I made most of the material first, and then I made the concept and title for the show last. So, I, um, yeah, like, in probably October, it was October last year, um, October 2022, I was starting to think about performing, all over Aotearoa in the summer mostly as Banana Jolie and then I was like I'd also like to do another show <laughs> and so I listed all the Banana Jolie acts that I could do and see if that would make it like I think it was going to be called I was going to call it like Peel and Good so it was mm-hmm. just going to be like an, an hour of just all kind of good feelings and act and just not so much of a storyline real cabaret style real mixtape um And then I just was like, as an experiment, I'm like, oh, well, I'll just list all the bits of stand-up that I've made and the time that it took. And I was like, I've got an hour worth of content. So I was like, okay, well, where are the themes here? And I wasn't even sure. So I was just like, well, what if I call the show Standing Still? Because the reason why I made stand-up comedy is so that I stand still more. Mm -hmm. But also, like, I'm a professional dancer, so I could just dance in the show as well and Like, why didn't I give that? And then I called Miss Fribby and I told her, like, we had, I just kind of, like, voiced out loud these ideas and kind of, like, consolidated it. And she was like, that's great. Like, Mm -hmm. and so, um, yeah, basically the show, Standing Still, is, I'm doing stand-up comedy. kind of, like, talk to the crowd, get to know them a little bit and then give several people in the audience the power to trigger spontaneous movements. So one person's got a playlist of bangers, music that I dance to at any point throughout the show. There's a couple of other things as well. And then I'm doing my bits of stand-up that I've written. And some of the bits I rewrote for the show, or at least like had some more linking bits. And the thing is, because it's my show, it's about my material, the way I see things, I guess. The things I've been writing about do fit within a kind of container of mm. sorts. And then, yeah, then, then there's some that link together and stuff. Um, the writing process for that, like, I remember I listed them, and then I was just, like, going for a walk and a swim, and I just started, like, riffing some of the material and then figuring out where the links of everything came together. Mm. Just lots of space Beautiful. away from it. And then it was just like, right, get to work and made it happen like a week before I was going to be
2: doing it. Nice. <laughs> Such an interesting process. Mm. The creative process is, the writing process is so interesting, isn't it? Most of the time you're just channeling you, when you get into, well, this is me personally anyways. I'll have a couple of words that start popping up into my mind and I can feel like this, this little channel energy portal happening. And if I don't go to it, it'll just disappear. If I do, I'll just start writing. And then all of a sudden, there's a page of poetry, and then mm. there's two pages, or this, or, or it will be a letter, or it will be something, and it's. And then I will look back and go, oh shit, you know, did I write that? It's it's not a, it's not a part of me that writes. it. It's not my mind that writes it. It's a really interesting process.
0: Have you read the book Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert? No. So she wrote Eat, Pray, Love, um, which is an international bestseller, and um, she talks a lot about your elusive creative genius so the ancient romans believed that same thing it's not me who makes the thing
3: mm.
0: it's they 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 thought of it as this deity kind of mm. like a house elf yeah. mm. that would live in your wardrobe or like dobby yeah. the house of it, like, live in your wardrobe. <laughs> when you got to make your painting it would like come out and and make yeah. it with you that deity was called a genius
3: okay mm.
0: So, therefore, it meant that if someone criticized the person's work, they would say, Well, it wasn't me, it was my genius who yeah. made that mistake. Mm. Or if they praised the person's work, their ego wouldn't become too large because they were like, Well, technically, it was my genius who made that with me.
3: Interesting.
0: And then it's interesting how that word genius has been transformed to be used now that's associated with a person.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah, I could tell you more about the book, but basically, that is the, the, the one of the ways people talk about creativity is that it's kind of like floating in the ether and then it is just up to the individual person to just trust whatever message comes down and go for it. Mm. And if they don't go for it in that moment,
2: it usually goes away. Yep.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It flutters away. They might go to someone else.
2: Yeah. It's fine. Catch it yeah. or not. It's up to yeah. you.
0: Yeah. So for me, learning to trust that process and know that that is part of it. Um, and then I've also learned that my being doesn't have to be perfect yeah. because often I've made stuff when I have been really low um, as a catharsis. Mm. Um, but also I want to ensure that I have space. So like in September I was working full-time in mental health and I wasn't really creating at
3: all yep.
0: because I just wasn't allowing the, the space for it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I had one Friday where I sat at home and was watching the sunset and just looking out into the garden, and then a song about the lily that was growing in the garden just kind of came through, and then I just like quickly started writing it and recording it into my phone, and then straight away, <laughs> then I just walked around, and I was like, ah, oh, I feel better, like, yeah. you that's what I <laughs> just to create something, like, it's like medicine, yeah, is because sure. it's taking something out of nothing,
3: mm.
0: yeah, and we can all do it, yep. you don't have to have gone to dance school, dance classes, or music, or anything like that, we can all do it, in so many different ways, building things, cooking, in the garden, sewing, making a game with your kids, like, we can all do it.
3: We've mm.
1: yeah, got that spark, we've got that spark, definitely, and, and I think for me, because I, I suppose I have a story in my mind that I'm, I'm not artistic or creative. Because I can't, like, I, I don't play the guitar, not that I can't, I don't play the guitar, drums, write poetry, perform, any of that. But as, as you were talking about that and as you were thinking about it, it actually like dropped me into a place from, from when I actually just used to write content all the time. Mm-hmm. And I... I don't have time to write content at the moment, but for me it was actually an outlet. Mm. Like it was a me, a way for me to just express what was on my mind and take a concept that, that I was like learning about or working through and just like putting my own words to it. Mm. And that's something that I haven't really had time to do at the moment mm. simply because my, my energy is focused out
3: where, elsewhere, mm. Mm. elsewhere.
0: One thing that I've really um, Kind of started uh, a little while ago was allowing myself to like stretch that realm in all aspects. so one example is in conversation with people
3: mm-hmm.
0: to be describing something and then I just pause and describe it with as much creative detail as possible. Oh, wow. mm-hmm. because that might sometimes we were like. Give us the short version, JJ. Like, come on, mate. Like, so I'm like, wow, the, autumn num- the autumnal sun glistened across the bay. And I'm <laughs> like, you were in a traffic light. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, okay. But, like, for you, you were writing content. You were finding ways of putting things to people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I love listening to you talk and the way that you talk. I feel like that's creative. Yeah. And so, yeah, find some color words or just... And more adjectives and things to feed that because that's one way that we can do it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've, I've actually, I actually do see the podcast as, as a form of self expression because yeah. it really, really is. You it just really drop is. in. You know, me and Mike talk about it all the time. When when we're watching back through the content we do you know we say we drop in we just drop in and that's just the genius coming through Dobby the little house elf just yeah. running out of the office and just jumping into our mind and we yep. just drop these bombs and then you're like damn I don't even know where that comes from sometimes.
0: Do you have sometimes though a little angel devil sitting next to me like don't say that you're gonna sound like a wanker
2: <laughs> Nah. No, we've squashed that. Yeah, yeah nice. There's nothing that's, that that ever stops me from saying what I want to say mm. anymore. <laughs> and, and you know, it's sometimes it's my own detriment, but it, it, for me, that's <laughs> just that's just hell and who I am, and it's an, it's a complete ownership. It's a flaw and a and a, and a blessing.
1: Mm. And there's been and, and and I don't think there's been anything that I've shied away from saying on the podcast, but it's just learning to articulate it in a way that other people would probably understand it or yeah. where it wouldn't be taken in that way of being like, well, what an asshole. And it's like, no, this is just my opinion, this yeah. is what I'm working yeah. through. And I'll, I'll articulate it in a way that, um, that other people might be able to understand. I've
2: definitely found doing the podcast that my grammar needs to be continually upgraded that 's just through reading and listening to other podcasts because when you are sitting here speaking for an hour hour and a half two hours a week, you use all the words that that are within you and so you 've got to keep moving your word cultivation up and I, I found the same thing with doing auctions and auction competitions and that's just a whole another ball game of, of pressure and competition and, and all of that because you've got to add math and, and then all of your all of your poetry into all of that as well, and, and obviously performing at the same time. And it's, it forces me to, to level up doing things like this. And that's the power of creativity. It's the power of, of pushing your edges of things in a public forum as well, because that forces you to go, there's, there's, there's either you're on the cliff or you're off the cliff. And then when you're off the cliff, you go, well, I don't want to be off the cliff again. So I'm going to do what I can do to stay on the damn thing. Or I'm going to build a parachute.
3: For sure. for sure
0: yeah but but it's interesting like that that I feel like something that sometimes might get in the way of creating is that sense that it might have to be for other people
3: Mm. and it
0: has to look good for other people Mm. and it has to sound good for other people and like in Big Magic Elizabeth Gilbert talks about how in our daily lives, like our grandparents' generation were so much more creative day-to-day and generation back that was, there was no TV so people would play music together or they would read or they would sew. There was no, you couldn't just take stuff to the shop to get it fixed or buy a new one. We had to, look at the resources that we have, and then create a way. Like, my mum created me some rad costumes out of pantyhose. <laughs> like, I had this sick-ass octopus, octopus costume that was like a T-shirt with eight octopus legs, stuffed pantyhose with newspaper, and I love that costume. <laughs> Want to make another one? Maybe I have to. <laughs> Shout out, mum. Um, and that was creative. Woo! Um, and, like... Then she also talks in the book about how now, because we share so much of our lives on social media, it's expected that, like, once someone says, Oh, yeah, I've just started playing around with the guitar, that it's like, Oh, yeah, you're going to put your stuff on YouTube. Mm. Or, like, Oh, cool, like, you're writing. Oh, yeah, can we read? Like, you're going to write a blog? Or, yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah, yeah, you're recording music. Like, you, you're going to become a DJ? Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yep. and it's not actually about what we create. It's the process. Yes. It's the, like, there's so many poems that I look back on now and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I
3: could share that with anyone.
0: But (laughs) I remember at the time, writing it made me feel good. So many moments where I was dancing in the street in lockdown. And, like, some of the time I did record it um, and put it on my Instagram um, for people to see. And then some of the time I was just like, no. And it was for myself. Yeah. 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 And... Uh, I, like, recognized that, and I guess this is what, what people might say, why they might say I'm bold or whatever, As I recognized, like, my name, Joanna, like, I'm named after my Tongan godmother, Soana, Um but also after, like, my parents didn't name me after Joan of Arc, but that name comes from Joan. Mm. St. Joan, who was, like, a total trailblazer, just, like, Wanted this thing and went after it and courageously did it first and I've recognized that something that I can do is I can do things before other people mm-hmm. and so one thing that I boldly do is sometimes I like Perform something creatively even when I think it's not good or finished. Yeah,
1: beautiful.
0: Because I feel like we don't see people suck at stuff
3: publicly. Yeah, I agree. Like,
0: I, when in my first open mic playing the guitar, I was so bad. But I was like, we need to see people, like, just being out there, giving it a go. For
1: sure. And understand the process. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so not standing just curating still, of what we think it should yeah. be. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Standing still, the ending of that show was different every night I did it. Because I was just like, I don't know the answer to this thing I'm still yeah. working on. Because I'm still working on it. Yeah, but yeah. I just feel like we. we're not going to stop me from making it.
2: mm the great yeah. stoic philosopher Epictetus he says to to be to be uh or to start something you must first realize that you must look act and foolish yes yeah. the process yes yeah. the process you've got to be look like a fool to start something new every single time
3: yeah
2: and we've we've gone through that for the last 18 months with building beta and all the other stuff we've gone through and i think even when you were talking i had a little drop in um
0: I'm just imagining us skating in a oh, skate yeah. bowl, just dropping in. Dropping in. Do you in. think yeah, there's surfing. three
1: geniuses just in here or there's just one? <laughs> <here>. He's like, <laughs> fucking like, tired. It's He's like, like a
0: genius <laughs> playing a game of duck, duck, goose. It's
1: like, I'm fucking exhausted. Normally there's only two people in
2: here. <laughs> yeah. Goddamn Monday nights is busy. Camera's going to shut down soon. Um, that's exactly how we created our supplements. Mm. We were We were going, what do we want? In a, in, a, in a product, and it was literally we made it for us, mm. and it's become amazing. And mm. everyone, well, that may or may not like it. Who knows when it comes out? But it, it ultimately didn't matter because we've made it for us. Yeah, for sure. And the podcast we've made it for us.
0: Yeah.
2: We sat here and yeah. we were going, well, look, if no one listens to the first hundred episodes, who gives a shit?
0: How good's this process? It's amazing. Like even if you don't edit it, you know, we've had a sick time.
2: We don't edit any of us. Don't edit- I don't
0: know. No, what I mean is even if oh. it doesn't get. Uploaded. uploaded. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah for sure. 100%. This is
2: a cool chat. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I've learned so much about you today. And it, I just love the process. I love having shifted into such a process-driven life of just being in something rather than wanting it
1: to be something. Mm. And, and even just being in this process of, of recording a podcast, it, it's actually created more presence in conversations that I have with other people. Yeah. It's like, man, I give myself to like an hour and a half every single week to sit down and just talk but in the past I would find it really really difficult to just be in conversations with people for even like three four five minutes mm. so now it's like and, and the limitation was on that on that was that I never thought or valued what I actually had to say or my mm. opinion but now that I'm like well I actually have a lot to say and every week there's actually a lot going on so it's just like well just allow myself to be in that process absolutely and just allow yourself to say whatever you need to say
0: Without being interrupted, and yeah. without allowing ourselves to be interrupted. It's mm. kind of like meditation, or like a good workout, or a good yoga session,
3: yeah.
0: or a good dance, like just really get in there on the D floor. It's like those layers, the first 5 to 15 minutes of going for a run is hard, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. then once you kind of get through, I like yeah. can really get in there. Oh yeah. And same with a conversation, mm. sometimes,
3: yeah.
2: Get the flow state, the focus state, hyper focus, whatever you want to call it. It's the genius. The awareness. Yeah. All of it. Um, JJ, tell us what your next six months, 12 months look like. I know you've always got a full card. Where are you going to be? What's going to be happening? What have you got booked in?
0: It's a really interesting question because normally I only plan my years until April. Oh, yeah. Apparently, Quentin Tarantino. So I'm going to say it's Quentin Tarantino or it's Martin Scorsese. One of those legends. Only write their movie to half, of the way through they kind of know how it might end and then they start recording
2: it and they write it on and they they write it as they go beautiful
0: so for me i try and only plan my year until april unless there's something like really intense that i need to look at um because i don't know how i'm going to feel by then Mm -hmm. um so we are now february 2023 Uh, I'm doing a couple more performances in Aotearoa, I'm going to Adelaide Fringe Festival, I'm coming back doing another bunch of things here, I'm going to be, oh, today I just booked to paddle the Wanganui River journey, which Mm -hmm. is cool, that's That's my hour, so looking forward to that. Um, At one point I thought that I might be going to do like the European Summer Festival circuit, but I am probably going to want to be spending my time like um, Really letting all of these like because it is very much summer mm. at the moment um, Professionally for me and also as genuinely summer mm. um, I think I really want to treat winter as winter in terms of like allowing <coughs> all of these learnings to really kind of consolidate um, and like enjoy slow cooker meals, and singing, Mm. and surfing, and saunas, Mm. and, like, going... Come
2: come hang up with us, sit on the couches, sit on the cushions... Sit
0: on the cushions, sit on the couches, that's it, that's it, I'll be doing that. And, like, yeah, so... um, In terms of, like, goals and aspirations, I'll probably do Standing Still again.
1: Yes, Um,
0: yes. I probably will continue, yeah, to be making stand-up comedy... Um, I'm definitely like, I've had a lot of really beautiful relationships blossom beautiful. so far this year. And so really wanting to continue nurturing those relationships um, and recognizing that that is like as important to me mm. as working.
2: Yeah. Is, it, is it different for you to, to ground yourself in one place for a while?
0: Um, Well, I'm really looking forward to going back to my house in Wellington, basically, yeah. It's been
2: four months on the road, right?
0: It will be four months on the road.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, And, yeah, like, I love buying my broccoli from the same market every week and and just being able to hone around on my bike and have people over and all that sort of thing. Um, And so probably going to really be nestling into that and then seeing what comes from there.
3: Beautiful.
0: Um, And trusting that. Like, yeah, I also, like, might go to a surf retreat in Sri Lanka for two weeks or something. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Let, like,
1: let the ending write itself. Absolutely. Oh, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not about the what, it's about the why
0: and the how. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> there she is. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Beautiful, JJ. Yeah. Well, it has been a beautiful con- con- conversation. It has been amazing to learn a little bit more about you, your journey, what you're doing in the world, the amazing things that you are doing. Um, so we will leave your information below. If people want to find out about your comedy or your stand up or what you're going on, or you just want to follow her on social media, um, we'll have that all down below. Thanks for scratching a little
0: bit of everything eh? Oh, it's oh, amazing.
1: We'll yeah.
2: uh, we'll do this again.
0: Nice. okay.
2: We'll hundred we'll percent do this again. Definitely. Uh, but thank you so much. Absolute delight. It's been a beautiful conversation. And uh, just to. Sit here with another absolutely beautiful, open, authentic person, just sharing about <laughs> your beautiful life. I love it. Oh yeah, I'm
0: really grateful. I've got a really beautiful life. Yes. Yeah, I'm very, very, very grateful. Thank
2: you. you. All right, everybody, thank you for listening along. Uh, we love you all, and uh, tune in next week to another podcast, and
3: if you want to get in touch with me and Ryan, all of our links are down in the show notes, and so will JJs.